Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. So like my my big the big ex, uh, he was super into Tenacious D, and I, I think I've told you this before. But one time he made me like a mix CD and a bunch it was of Tenacious a love, a love mix of Tenacious D. <laughs> he, when I would be in the kitchen and I'd be leaning over the sink, he'd be like, "I'll put my hands on your sexy ass and squeeze and squeeze." And I was like, "That was his way of telling me he loved." That is actually very sweet and also so tone deaf that I love it. It's really it's a good i it's a good idea that uh, I enjoyed it while he wasn't cheating on me. What what a high level piece of shit! Um, (laughs) I love this. Hey, this is the Tenacious D album stays on while we fuck. You get it? Um, that that did happen a couple of times. I can't I only come to double team supreme. That's it. The other there's another song that we've had sex to that I'm like, oh why did we let that happen? Uh the flight of the Concords, it's business. It's business time. Making love for two, making love for two minutes. And I was like, oh, this is so romantic. I think I've said this on the show before because we had I, I think I've told you this before, is that uh I the first sexual real sexual encounter where fluids were released that i had (laughs) was at was at the movie finding nemo you did tell me that i took my girlfriend to see finding nemo in an empty theater and i got my first hj there and it's really weird because my i watch i can't watch finding nemo with my children because i have a dirty connotation with it where i can't like i'm like i yeah that'd be real (laughs) weird like like he's looking for his son And all of a yeah. sudden, the kids are like, "Daddy, what's happening?" And you're like, "My fitness show." <laughs> Sorry, but... Daddy can't get more popcorn right now. Why don't you go grab it? <laughs> oh, God, you know how excited you, I are... get by that giant shark. <laughs> y'all are your gender is so disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am ready. Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. The uh, Baltimore's premier movie-based podcast. I'm Eric Woodworth, and uh, uh, I'm just going to be me. And I don't know why I'm introducing it like it's an episode of Laugh Finder, my sister show that Tommy's hosted by Tommy Simbazo and the rest of the crew. Uh, but I'm also- Wait a doing... second, you do another podcast? Oh, God! Yeah, you're not the only one who's branched out, Jeremy, Mr. Chris Restivo podcast extraordinaire, <laughs> you piece of shit. Um. No, Jeremy, I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy Woodworth, first and foremost. How are you, sir? 
I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, my God. Who is it? Is this Joe Palazzo? Who the fuck you talking about? <laughs> it's me, Danny Trejo. Oh, God. I did, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I am the prettiest Mexican ever on television. I don't know why this is my favorite. I am like the fucking Miss America of Mexicans. <laughs> I don't know why this is my favorite impersonation. I think it's the level In of fact, that. if I put on a giant wig, you can't tell if I'm a man or a woman. <laughs> Oh man! I always. I'm also the rape champion in jail. Oh. I've raped more men than any other man. That is true. That is true. I'm Danny Trejo during the entire fucking movie tonight. <laughs> Danny Trejo looks like uh, Edward James almost got the secret of the ooze. You know what I mean? It's like. By the he, way, he, we haven't seen the movie The Hidden no, with no. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin. I know somebody who might be a comic Laughlin fan, but um, in the movie, the hidden, he is literally in the movie for like two seconds because he's in jail and the guy comes up and looks at him and, and uh, he, Danny Trejo literally looks in the camera. He's like, fuck you, man. And that's it. He gets killed. So. <laughs> Classic Danny Trejo. And uh, we're also joined by our other co-host, uh, the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. How are you? I'm good, Daddy. Oh, we're all here together. One final, one final push before we just do another episode next week. And um, you know, we're coming. We're reeling off the burbs, Jeremy. How is? Uh, let me first start out by saying this, Jeremy. How is? How's the Chris Restivo show going? Have you guys had? I heard you had a fallout this week. Have you? Are you no longer the co-host, or or what? Um, I might be complaining. But uh, I haven't, I haven't severed anything because it hasn't hasn't become painful yet. What 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 breaks up the Jeremy and Restivo show connection? Uh, what breaks it up when I when I feel like I'm really wasting my time after like three or four months, and there's like still nobody listening to it at all. Well, that's, I mean, you've, you've been on this show for three years, and that hasn't stopped you. Oh, this is entertaining. <laughs> All right. What the hell has gotten me through COVID other than talking to you every week? I mean, good gosh. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Other than just getting COVID. Um, I mean, without this show, I'm just like every week, like, how does this gun taste in my mouth? <laughs> Uh, now, last week, we had our first in-person uh, meeting in, in probably over a year. Uh, Ashley was in studio. You got to meet Jeremy for the very first time, and we didn't really get to touch on it because Rob was here. Ashley, how, what was it like actually meeting Jeremy in person and seeing the flesh, sore-covered monster live <laughs> in, in the face? Wow. No, he's he's the same in person that he is online, which is refreshing because I feel like it prepped us for meeting and it wasn't like overwhelming. And it was so nice. And I feel like we really bonded over watching you get completely uselessly tanked. Yeah, well, I, I, I finished the show and stuck the landing, I feel like. Right. But then after the show ended, I did get a little inebriated. Uh, to... A little. My favorite thing was watching Eric's children try to prop his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're a corpse. 
I I took a little nap. I wasn't even out that long. It was like a brief couple of minutes. I feel like I don't know how long I was out for. How long was I out for? It was like I'm, less than an hour. Yeah. I, I feel so. as if uh, we completely uh, missed the most important part of the verbs. And the most important part of the verbs that we missed out on is there's a scene where Tom Hanks is actually watching Mr. Rogers and actually singing with Mr. Rogers. That is true. And then Tom Hanks would later go on to portray Mr. Rogers uh, himself. So very, uh, maybe it was a precursor. Maybe it was all planned out in the burbs. Maybe we're all in the Matrix. Maybe we can't wake up from it. Maybe it's all connected. I'm thinking he was doing that movie. He's like, man, I can't wait till this guy dies so I can finally make a movie about him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good bit. Okay, Jeremy, I like your conspiracy theories. Ashley... How about you? How about me? What? I'm I don't sorry. know. I just didn't know where to go. With Jer- well, do you mind? Can I? Can I talk about um, my Thursday night, which unfortunately involved poor Eric a little bit? But can I talk about a show I did on Thursday? I can't wait for you to tell everyone about this because <laughs> this is our. We might make this a segment on the show going forward. It's called Name That John Yeager Show. And <laughs> it'll just be where you and I go to do a John Yeager show and talk about how this is now the new worst show I've ever been a part of. <laughs> to be fair, this was not John Yeager produced. He just led me to the shit show. He, When you only see one pair of footprints, it's because John Yeager got you to the venue and left you there. So... <laughs> So here's what happened, Jeremy. I know Eric kind of already knows this. But so Jeremy and our listeners, I am in the bathtub trying to finally take care of my nasty ass snatch because I'm like, summer's coming. I want to get fucked. I got to get rid of the timber. And while I'm <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to groom myself, I get a call like, hey, do you want this last minute show? It pays unlimited booze and you get food. I'm like, sure. Why not? get out of the tub with my half shaved cooter get everything ready to go your go pussy just looks like a milano cookie when you come out just just it's just right down the middle <laughs> it looks like it's about to flip a coin and decide batman's fate <laughs> <laughs> they call me two puss <laughs> i hate you so much <laughs> Oh, it's actually very funny and accurate. Okay, so. <laughs> whenever I play with, whenever I get a guy in bed, I start playing with my lips and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, let's put a smile on that face. And I just pull my lips back. Um, so <laughs> it's in Ashburn, Virginia. Beautiful venue. Very nice people. Let me just say that off the bat. Super nice people. I get there. And the first thing I see, which is always a no-no, is there are children. <laughs> and I'm like, this can't be good. So I go up to the owners and we start talking. And I'm like, I see children. And they're like, yeah, I hope you're not too dirty. And I was like, ah. Why kids don't like hearing about vaginas? Did you tell, yeah, what? Did you tell them you just performed with, for a church like two weeks ago? It's cool. Oh, Eric, it's, it's going to come up. So, uh, so I'm like, okay, great. I can work around it. I'm just hosting. I can work around it. Then she shows me the lineup. And as I start reading through it, I go, 
um, I thought I was hired for comedy. And she's like, well, it's partly comedy. (laughs) It is karaoke night with open mic comedy. (laughs) Oh, God. So I don't don't know if our listeners know this, and and maybe I just need to explain, like, how fucking bad it is to do anything where you're a comedy act on a show that is not just a comedy show. It's 99.99% of the time the worst fucking show you'll ever do. If you have to open before a band, you're going to fucking bomb. If you have to go during poetry, you're going to bomb. If you have to go where anything, if it's just like a commencement speech, anything that isn't specifically, hey, this is a comedy show, we're here to do laughs and this, uh, improv, anything, it's not going to work. It will generally be it, a failure all the time. It was, excuse me, it was disastrous. So I start off and people seem very confused as to why I'm there. Um, and then as soon as I'm done, I go, and your first performer of the evening is George George is like 80 fucking years old. And I go, George is performing YMCA. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just. I text Eric immediately and I start ordering rose. The minute I sit down. I just think it's such a power move, though, that George is just like, he was just like, you know what? Fucking the village people, they were five people. I can do all five of those parts. No problem. I feel like that was the highlight, but at the same time, not because then I had a woman doing comedy who did a monologue about menopause. And I look over at the table next to me and I go, <laughs> <I'm so> <laughs> and I'm like, poor, poor, poor. like more, more, more alcohol. And they, so I have like a card, by the way, they have like these automatic dispensers for the wine. And it looks almost like a credit card. I keep handing it to the waiter and I'm like, just, just keep bringing them. Did like, anybody tell? Did I, did you tell that? Did you tell her? I was like, bitch, you need to meta pause before you think about doing that set up here. Oh my god, <laughs> Eric, I wanted to, but I also was like, no one knows me. I can't be mean. But I did go up there because at one point she talks about like dating with menopause. I got up there and I was like, if you think it's bad without a functioning pussy, try being twenty eight. It's wild. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so so then, by the way, Eric, as the show is is slowly tanking, we have a man who is super pissed that they don't have sound of silence on the karaoke machine. Mm-hmm. So I drunkenly go, if you're actually a good singer, you could do it a cappella. So- <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. And I'm drunkenly in the back, just like, yes. And then I give up hope about 10 minutes before the end of the show. And I do two things. One, I go, all right, kids, close your ears. I'm telling the, the pussy Dairy Queen joke. <laughs> so I do that. And then I close the show with the song Closing Time. <laughs> So I start singing to the two people left. I'm like, closing time. You don't have to go home. We're about to close. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Just keep interrupting every line. And I'm like, I hope you have found a friend. I did. His name is Spencer. Call me after. I've got a wet puss. (laughs) Everybody's just (laughs) So I take back. I call Eric. And I'm like, Eric, I'm, I'm so drunk. And I'm so sad. 
So Eric tries to talk me down for like an hour. Then I yell at Eric for 20 minutes and then I pee at a horse farm. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to I tried and to get her fun. I, go home. I tried to hit you with fun quips about how my sister used to spray like a cat and uh you were you were not in the right mo- mood. It's funny. I like when when Ashley when Ashley's upset, there's no joke that will bring her back to being happy, which is my only my only answer to everything you'll say is we'll be like, "Hey, hey well let me tell you about this one." <laughs> which is that is how you know I'm truly angry is you cannot appease me cuz all I'm thinking the more you're making jokes thinking you're making it better is i'm fantasizing about driving to your house walking into your basement where you are probably downstairs fooling around with your guitar and slitting your throat and me that see that's the one fantasy part because i'm thinking that exact same thing and then i finally get to leave this sweet world all my fucking i got all my health my my life insurance goes to the right people i'm good I am about to single white female you, and I'm going to get your hair cut. I'm nice. going to start wearing your clothes, and the girl's going to be like, I love you, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Doubtfire me? That's what you're going to do? I can, I can easily <laughs> fall asleep on the porch and have them prop my eyes open, and they're like, daddy's, daddy's home. <laughs> That's going to require anyways. you to act like slightly more masculine. <laughs> oh the pain jeremy i don't know who that hurts more me or eric i don't know who's hurt i don't who's think eric's more. very masculine i'm super masculine shut up <laughs> bang. I, have, oh, I, also... I have an important question about menopause yeah go sure. for it jeremy if you're like really a feminist do you have to spell it m-y-n-o-pause menopause yeah because if you're a feminist, you don't like spelling the word men in oh. any way. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, my understanding is, do you know why we don't spell men? It's because we get we get flagged on Facebook for hate speech, so we have to put M-X-N, M-X-N. so they don't take down anytime I shit on a dude. But anyways, <laughs> that was my Thursday. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I probably won't be invited back to Saigon, Saigon. Uh, no, I think Sounds you like will. I think it went. It went better than you. You said it went. In all honesty, because when you were telling me all the thing, you had you told me you had a very nice compliment that somebody was like, "Hey, why are you here? You're actually funny." <laughs> yeah, I I also hear that every now and again when I'm lucky, like on a date, they're like, "You're kind of pretty. Why are you here?" <laughs> <laughs> I got. Uh, do you guys know who? Um, do you guys know who the comedian Daryl Charles is? Are you familiar with him? Are you familiar at all with Daryl Charles? I think his I don't name know. Is. Why does he have like two fr- first names? Well, I just wanted to bring this up because I got a I got a message from him the other day. Okay, and it's like if it's one thing I loathe in this world, it's when a comedian solicits you like they're not you're not a peer of theirs. I'm sorry, Daryl Campbell, not Daryl Charles. Daryl Charles is a very very funny comedian, but I this is like some guy that I know from maybe like a comedy show like five years ago. I I maybe talked to him one time, okay? And he goes, my entire inbox with him are two things that are unanswered, okay? One is like a flyer of him at a show. I was like, cool, very tight. And it's like from 2018. And then he sent me this message today, okay? He goes, hey, did you want to sign up to my mailing list? I'm dropping a video soon and releasing it early for people who are signed up. 
And I'd rather masturbate with glass. So I've been thinking about this for a while. What should I respond to this? I'll do it live on the pod right now. What should we? How should I respond to this? I was thinking along the lines of like, why would I do that? Question mark or do why do I care? Why are you doing this? Should we question him? I, I only want to sign up if it includes a link to Tom Myers' comedy special. You know what I'm? <laughs> I think I got the answer. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send this real quick. I'm already signed up. That's I, I see all the updates. <laughs> Boom. That's what I sent. Okay. I'm already I signed. I do like that. And then I'm going to write, cool. wait for a second. Go off, King. Go off. You and go there off. There we go. King. Go off, King. All right. I'll let, I'll, guys, I'll keep you posted to that. I like sending. I like sending random DMs to people. Like I did that for uh, you and me. were in a little chat with uh, former guest uh, uh, Sarah Roach about the guy yeah. that she said that looked like me, and I showed oh, you a fun. That got me. <laughs> that got me so good because I happened to be in a mood with you. Hashtag fans, followers. Ashley's always in a mood, uh, but I just happened to be in just such a mood with you. And then Sarah's like, "You look like this this schmuck," and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that hits me just right. Yeah, uh, uh, Sarah sent me a, this this picture of a guy who definitely doesn't look like me at all. He looks he looks like uh, you know what he looks like. He looks like uh, uh, one of our former guests again. You guys don't know who he is, but film producer, former Color Me Funny member Brandon Lascure. If he just tried to like fatten himself up to get on the Biggest Loser, that's what this guy really looks like. And she sent a picture like, "Hey, look at this fat guy. He looks just like you." <laughs> and I was just like, so I immediately I screen capped a, a video of me messaging him saying where the fuck do you get off looking like me you piece of shit and uh that's my favorite thing about being fat is when people are like let here's a list of all the other fat people you look like and i'm like great that's awesome <laughs> it is true i get all of them i hated when people used to call me yafet kodo it always really really hurt me well, I'm always really territorial when people start telling Eric and I that we look like the same fat person. And I'm like, I don't know. We got to we got to duke this one out or even worse. Many, many months ago when a fan told Eric and I that we look like we could be siblings. And I was like, I will slit my fucking throat right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good times. You know, me and uh, my uh, me and my uh, my 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 wife. Uh, my friend Duran, as uh, when he first met my wife to be at the time, uh, he was just like, "We know what your kids are gonna look like exactly like you two white motherfuckers that already look the same." <laughs> and he he was correct. <laughs> I have I have a confession. Yeah, go for it, Chair. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the Amy Schumer show. <laughs> yes. Well, it was the, nice. And the worst was, part, you had a good run, Jeremy, and you are blocked. <laughs> and and I hate to say, is like so many of her jokes are like, oh, I'm so overweight, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like you know and she's gotten a lot bigger now i think now she's got like her her eating show or something she or has I guess children she just, yeah she kids just make eats. it that and uh but it's <laughs> like 
Oh, ooh, 10, 20 pounds overweight. Yeah, yeah whatever. Give a hundred. Give a fucking hundred. Get into my fucking world, bitch. You know? <laughs> she said, so. you, you just look at Amy Schumer's fatness. He goes, those are, those are fucking kids numbers. Okay, pal. You need to get up. You need you. You're saying Amy needs to step her game up before she can uh, appropriate fat culture. Is that what you're saying, Jeremy? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely closer to fucking Ralphie May. So at least I'm still alive. So. Uh, you look like Ralphie may still be alive right now. I'm talking. You know what I mean, brother? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so you're saying she needs to stop doing Lane Bryant numbers and she needs to get into woman within catalogs. I get it. There you go. <laughs> you know, you, she needs to like, I think if you're, you know, when you're really fat, there's a difference between I shop at uh, a casual male XL and Lane Bryant to I only shop at uh, fucking Joanne Fabrics where you just drape yourself in the fucking like reel of whatever. Like when you have to dress like a Greek person, you know what I mean? Like an ancient Greece person. That's what that's yeah. the real level of fat where Jeremy's approaching. Well, no, he's not there. Jeremy is actually, you look good, Jerry. You're not wearing moo-moos yet, so I think we're fine. You're not Gilbert Grape, mom I, level. I can only be me. You know, it really hurts to not have a job because, man, you know, working real real labor jobs where you can just you eat whatever you want and you still can't gain weight, I, I fucking mm. love that. It doesn't work anymore. You're you're 50 years old, Jeremy, almost. It doesn't. It, it, I can't eat whatever I want and do manual labor anymore. It's just my, yeah, I don't have a metabolism anymore. It's just whatever goes in stays on me, and that's it. Well, Jeremy, no, no, with, with Pepsi, if I ate normal, I could have lost 10 pounds every other week. So I was I was gorging while I was eating, while I was working there. I don't believe. Well, you. Jeremy, if you want, I can pay you to carry my emotional burdens. <laughs> oh, come on! You don't want to crush his legs, Ashley. Relax. Do you want to? Uh, is it about that time for a little bit of honest Ash? <laughs> Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. It's Ashley here. About three years ago, I worked in the city of York, PA, and we had an incredibly large homeless population. And I started to discover that our homeless were leaving their dookies all around the city in random places. So I developed a game with my coworkers to find and catalog all the random dukes around the city. <laughs> and they called me Carmen Sandy Pugo. <laughs> this has been Honest Ash. Oh, join us next week for another exciting episode of Honest Ash with Ashley Pontius. Jesus Christ. Why were you collecting the homeless poos again? <laughs> Because I would have said, do it. I definitely would have called you Pokemon. <laughs> do you understand? So, like, I felt like I was being stalked by Dookie because I would go to get into my car on the parking deck and there would be giant shit. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I would be walking down the street to go get lunch. And again, a giant shit. And then one time I tried to go to the back door and take out our garbage and behold, a giant shit. And I felt like I was being stalked and like the back room looked like one of those first 48 hours things where you're trying to like develop a whole like 
a whole scenario of why they were doing it. So I, I was trying to find uh, the, the grand pooper. And the I never gr- did. But it was a fun game. We would catalog the poops and what they look like. And I'd be like, I think these are all coming from the same person. So you, there was no DNA tests run or anything like that? I don't normally eat dookie eric like how would i test like the consistency i'm not gonna send it to a lab and be like can you tell me what uncatalogued homeless person left this poo i was gonna say you just could have cross-referenced it with all the condoms that were left at your house and then you know run the dna evidence i'm so sorry i love you so much her face right now is pure murder <laughs> I, uh, anyway, my so. favorite thing about Eric is he knows fear. He understands that he should be afraid. But the best part is that I don't ever act immediately. I wait until the worst time. Yeah, and then I and then I surprise him with a duke of my own. Yeah, this will come at Thursday night again. So. Uh. By the way, the song. By the way, the song "I Eat Shit" is my favorite song off Bum Rock. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I eat shit. Yeah, I eat shit. Yeah, I eat shit. <laughs> I eat shit. I forgot about Bum Rock. God, what a fucking great album. Making love in the dumpster again. <laughs> I'm not gay. I just need the money. <laughs> All right, well, Hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. All right, let me get us, let us get us centered here. I know we're about to start the big part of the show, but uh, Daryl Campbell, he responded back to me. Remember, I earlier in the show, I said I've already signed up. I see all the updates. I said go off, King. He goes word with a thumbs up. So he doesn't know that he just believes that I'm somehow on his mailing list already. <laughs> <laughs> That worked. That totally worked. Gave me a big thumbs up. I've never watched him. I don't think I'd recognize him if I saw him on the street. I just said I'm already part of it. By the way, I asked uh, Chris how his uh, online selling of his T-shirts went, and um, he didn't realize anything yet. So. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go so far as asking him how uh chris com is going so okay is uh are you guys are, is everything good with chris i worry about him sometimes he called me last night and didn't answer mostly because i didn't want to talk to him though <laughs> oh because he wants you to be on the show i've just been avoiding him so i don't have to be on the show i don't think i will you know what jeremy i will do one episode of the chris restivo show but here's my caveat it has to be at chris's house and I will have my penis exposed outside of my pants the entire show. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, when I do it, listen, when I come outside of my pants, like because my penis is already out, I need you to remember that you already okayed this with Chris. You just I was like, hey, Lant, listen, he's on the show because I okayed this. He, I, You said it was cool if I could book guests and just insist that my penis has to be out the entire show. Did you hear about the stripper we had on? <laughs> I like that you're not going to go with the bit at all. You're just like, did you hear about the stripper we talked about? <laughs> uh, no, you did. She, she didn't talk much, and she sucked. She was I guess. horrible. Uh, her, I, na- her name was Tokyo. 
I usually think strippers. But she wasn't an Asian. Oh, she, she was a non. What? Wow. <laughs> Talk about you know stealing from other people's culture. She, her name was her name was Tokyo because she actually was a giant lizard, and that was the city that she destroyed. I think her name was Tokyo because she likes smoking weed. Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, get it, Tokyo. Oh, t- <laughs> oh. oh I Tokyo. Yo. I thought she liked getting her toe sucked, and then the dude knocks her out. <laughs> wow. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into tonight's film, guys, because it's a banger. I- I'm excited to be here. Um, man. 1996, from dusk till dawn, Robert Rodriguez in his finest, I would say. Um, And a great soundtrack to boot. What a fucking great, uh, great, great film. I do, uh, I remember actually seeing this movie in the theaters, like when it came out. Me and my friend Sean Laskowitz saw this. And I don't know if you guys know this about, like, the movie. Maybe, because uh, I doubt Ashley saw this in the movie theater because you were, like, three. Uh, yeah, I was young and still adorable. <laughs> but I was 13 when this movie came out. So uh, me and uh, my buddy Sean L. go to see this. And I think you have to go back to, like, 1996 to, like, kind of think about when it dropped and and so i could tell you my initial reaction to this movie so i was 35 yes so uh this movie comes out this movie comes out uh like a year and a half after pulp fiction does which is like you know pulp fiction groundbreaking movie by quentin tarantino they build this movie as quentin tarantino's next movie even though it's directed by robert rodriguez it's uh, mostly written by Quentin Tarantino, but the, the it's it's billed as like, hey, this is basically Pulp Fiction two. That's how it was marketed at the time, right? Which right. this movie is not that okay. It it's it's a great movie, and I love I I love it. But I remember going to see this and sitting back, and you watch Act One of this movie, and you're like, man. This is fucking right on par with anything. It's like it's kind of like Natural Born Killers meets fucking meets uh, meets Pulp Fiction. It's really fun. It's got good dialogue. And then at the halfway part of this movie, they flip it upside down, and it is a full on fucking gore fest. And I remember being in a pretty packed theater and people going the fuck is this and I, like people being audibly mad about what was happening in the movie and like not happy with everything that was happening not realizing at the time what a masterpiece they really were watching unfold before their eyes and uh, i will be i'll admit it as 13 year old me i was like I was not expecting that. Like, I didn't know how to feel because I was like, this is really good. And then it got a little ridiculous near the end there. Uh, (laughs) But it is, uh, I've grown to really love it over the years. Uh, But I do think it was very funny because it was just such a shock to see in the theater when it came out. I agree with that. Uh, Me? Me? You were on mute, but you changed. Yeah, well, I was. I, I tend was to just be, hoping I, either one of you would fucking talk there. That's all. No, I tend. I tend to be on mute because of the the heavy traffic. No, so Eric's right. Like I obviously was too young to see this um, on a first run. I do pretty much love everything uh, Quentin Tarantino does. Um, 
and then obviously Rodriguez is the director but yeah I think there's something very cool about it that it's a great almost like a modern western meets supernatural you know horror um which i thought was was pretty phenomenal and just oh, i know we'll get into it but i was so happy to see tom savini i know tom savini is great well i, I would say this movie more closely resembles a uh, uh an attack an assault on precinct 13 style movie if does that does that make sense right it's, also the kid is wearing the uh, precinct 13 shirt isn't he that is true one of the 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 guy's son in the movie uh harvey Keitel's son who's the oriental kid super asian uh is is, is definitely wearing a Precinct 13, which is a callback to uh, John Carpenter's assault on uh, Precinct 13. But this is like, I always see this as more of a survive the night kind of movie mixed with like a really cool crime drama that they just switch from af- at the midway point. Uh, but it is it is a good, good movie overall. Um, I like... I'll say this as I've gotten older, I've I like Robert Rodriguez movies better than Quentin Tarantino movies. I I'm I'm saying it now. I realize that Joe Robinson is 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 fucking violently texting me as he heard yeah, that I strongly comment. Yeah, strongly disagree. Uh, well, put it like this. Uh, don't get me wrong. Pulp Fiction, great movie. Inglorious Bastards, probably one of my favorites. But mm-hmm. as far as consistency goes, Robert Rodriguez fucking rocks every time. I'm not even going to bring up Shark, uh, sh- uh, 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 Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which is his kid's foray into it. But his attention to absolute gory violence uh, juxtaposed with everything else, I-, I think that's why I like a Robert Rodriguez better. It's uh, He's very much more in the Sam Raimi and keeps it camp, which is what I like. I think as as I've grown older, you know, movies become a little bit too serious sometimes. Uh, and uh, I do enjoy Robert Rodriguez's work, and I think no better uh, example of this is when they both worked on a picture together, uh, which is you can clearly see Robert Rodriguez's stamp as a director versus the writing of Quentin Tarantino, great together. But when you put up uh, uh, Planet Terror versus Death Proof, I mean, Planet Terror wins every fucking time in my book. So Robert Rodriguez for, is a prince. But for me, for though, I'm sorry, I have to strongly disagree that for me, one of the most profound movies for me of my age group and also being a woman, Kill Bill. Nothing for me tops Kill Bill if you're going to compare the two. I'm sorry. Both movies, volume one and two? Fuck now. Get the hell out of here, Eric. Let's talk about the most important part of uh, Dust Till Dawn, that this is Tarantino's greatest foot fetish film. I know. Oh, my God. I thought that the whole time. (laughs) It is. There is a lot of foot fetish stuff. We're going to get into that. Now, the name of the movie is taken from the signs found in uh, drive-ins. These signs indicate the length of shows, which ran from dusk to dawn and this movie is full of references to midnight movies and films which were often intended for teenagers to watch into the night from there go girl uh is there it's all right i I heard you and all did you need anything (laughs) i can't tell if he's talking to his wife or his dog i think both wait you don't know that he fucks his dog i thought you all knew that (laughs) no so uh, if I don't get it, I need to get it from somewhere. Jeez. Ew, gosh. You fuck your wife? Disgusting. It's totally consensual. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I see it in the dog's eyes. This movie was actually uh, in production all the way back to uh, 1991, where actually they had considered Joseph Pilato uh, famous for playing uh, the famous one of the famous leads from uh, Day of the Dead, uh, who was supposed to play Seth Greco, who would eventually obviously be uh, Mr. George Clooney in this film. Who, who, does, who does he play in Pulp Fiction? Who does Joe Pilato play in Pulp Fiction? In Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I honestly can't remember, if I'm being honest with he you. He plays Dean Martin in the uh, Jack Rabbit Slims. Ah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. and it's so much so that there's actually a pilot trailer that exists for from uh, for from dusk till dawn with Joe Pilato playing Seth that I, I sent to you guys last night. If you want to check it, we'll throw it up on the Quality Time uh, Facebook page so you guys can also get uh, put down with that. Last time I saw Pilato, he was at uh, Monster Mania, and he was uh, definitely a little lit, and he was singing, uh, having a good time, even though he didn't have the most fans. He was he was having a good time being being around uh, other uh, actors and whatnot. So I love Joe Pilato. I would absolutely let him finger me. May he rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> May he. And by the way, peace. at the time, probably the biggest monster ever in day of the dead as the 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 evil evil colonel or corporal or what the fuck he was just being the ultimate asshole to people <laughs> i know but that's what i'm looking for in a man he's hot and completely emotionally unavailable hell yeah gotta love him gotta love he knows him. how to treat women where he's gonna shoot them if they don't fucking sit down in their chair just to sit down uh, the movie starts off in Act 1. They're, they're at a local convenience store where the sheriff walks in. The sheriff is played by Michael Parks, who you might know from the movie Tusk or Red State, and he's also in Planet Terror. In this movie, he plays the... Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the actual character's name, but he actually is in multiple... Um, movies by Quentin Tarantino, including Planet, obviously Planet Terror, which is another Robert Rodriguez film, and um, uh, Kill Bill. And right, I was going to say in Kill Bill, he, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he's the creepy dude who raised Bill at the end of the movie, and she tells him she's looking for Bill, and she's, and he's like, "How did you get here?" or something, and she talks about the pussy wagon, and she's like, "It broke down on me," and he's like, "The pussy wagon breaks down on you." He's like, "You can't have that." <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think his i think his last role was in tusk as the guy who actually lived with uh walruses yeah and yeah. <laughs> put made the guy from uh jeepers creepers into a walrus yeah but uh he i think he he did go to chiller theater and i met him and man he seemed old he just like real slow and nowhere as near the speed like he was as an actor. And yeah, he, he died like a couple of years after that. So Aww, all the men I want to fuck have died. So <laughs> an important thing to, to note, though, that if we're to believe in the Quentin Tarantino, Rob, Robert Rodriguez universe, uh, where he plays this character, Earl McGraw, Texas Ranger, that means that this movie happens after Planet Terror and after Kill Bill. That's all we know about the timeline because he is it was we're soon to find out it expires in this opening act here. Yeah, so put that together. Sorry, I'm no, sorry, I'm thinking cuz actually I'm wondering if maybe I'm wrong about who he plays in Kill Bill. 
That's what's having. Oh, uh, he's 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 a double role. He's the cop and he's the pimp. So he is both. Yes. Okay. I thought I, I thought about it and I was like, oh my god, I don't know my shit. And then Rob or uh, Joe's gonna give me shit about it, and I'm scared of Joe. So that's. He practically is the same cop between uh, Kill Bill and and. Uh... This and movie. Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, that's true. So I guess Dust Till Dawn should have been the his last since he died in that. So. Yeah. This, so technically, this is in the timeline of things in the in the Quentin right. Tarantino the the QCU, if you will. This would QCU. be the last. This would be the last film, right? So <laughs> QC the QCU Quentin Tarantino universe. Uh, Cinematic universe. Now they do have this fun talk where he's talking to the attendant. The attendant is played by uh, John Hawks, uh, who I most know from Eastbound and Down. Um, Hell yeah, he's great as uh, as Kenny uh, Powers' brother in that. Uh, but wasn't he also in Carnival? Uh, I never really watched Carnival, but uh, I like that you call it Carnival and you refuse to pronounce it correctly. It has an e at the end. Carnival. So- so. Isn't there a law or something against retards serving food to the public? Well, they ought to be. I mean, who in the hell knows what's going on in the mind of a goddamn mongoloid? Nadine should have hit that boy in the head and sold the fucking milk. <laughs> All right, so. I right. love that whole thing of dialogue. That entire interaction is perfect. So uh, as uh, as he goes to go use the pisser, Seth and Richie come out. Uh, they've been holding people at gunpoint. Seth played by George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino playing Richie, uh, the Gecko brothers. Save more with Gecko, Geico, gun to your face, brothers. And they say uh, uh, we get to learn exactly how crazy Quentin Tarantino's character is. As he's saying he was trying to signal him. He was scratching his nose. And if you look at the background, it's actually really funny. The, the lady that he's holding is actually scratching her nose while she's doing that, which I find to be rather hilarious. Uh, and then um, they they say, he's like, I didn't signal shit. I didn't do nothing. If anything, I deserve an Academy Award for the performance I've been putting on right here, which is also very funny because uh, uh, the, the actor, John Hawks, was in 2010 nominated for an Academy Award uh, for his, I think, Snow Mountain was a movie that he was in or something yes, like that. Yes, he, he was also amazing in Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. With he Francis is good in McDormand. that. I do like that yeah, movie. Because I love the girl that he dates. No, I want to just point out real quick, it's really funny during that dialogue about that special ed kid, and he calls him a potato head. <laughs> made me laugh so hard because i was like if he's okay he's a potato head but what if he's stoned and tarted is he a baked potato head i just like that they were so progressive they had already dropped the mister back in 1996 which is strong (laughs) of them you know they were already on the on the first wave of uh of the where we're at today yeah because Uh, being tarted has no gender yes I'm I'm very uh, I'm still learning about drugs every day because I'm nowhere anything experienced with drugs, and the latest ish, uh, episode of Hoarders has a guy that's really bad, and he's let his his many houses go to shit. But of course, day one when they try to <laughs> meet with this guy, he's literally sleeping out in his car, pretty much passed out, and I'm like, could be drugs because he looks like he's he's on some heavy drugs. And of course, as soon as he wakes up, he wakes him up in the car. The guy's really seems concerned. He's like, uh, it's almost noon. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I watch him like wiping, wiping his nose, just kind of like hitting his nose. I was like, 
I'm going to guess pills. I'm going to guess that he pilled out overnight and he's still he's high as a fuck. So I did realize the one time I had a Percocet, I could not feel my nose. I was like, oh, that's, that's a sign. That's, I'll tell you, uh, since you got us derailed off of this with this sidetrack uh, comment, but Jeremy, I uh, I actually had a problem with pills for a little bit because I'd had so many surgeries in the uh, early 20 aughts. Uh, I, uh, I'd had multiple knee surgeries and a hernia surgery, went on a little pill binge with uh, prescription opiates and found out why I can't be addicted to them because I was two and a half weeks in without a single drop of poop leaving my body. And oh my I gosh. Felt, I felt like I got, I, I felt like the method man, uh, fucking torture bit that they do on the first Wu Tang CD. He's just like, I'm going to sew your asshole up shut and just keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. And I just felt like I had a brick inside of my gut that needed to come out. And I stopped doing the pills mm. for like three days still hadn't shit i'm putting every bit of fucking coffee analese and fucking laxative throwing taco bell on top of it to try to just get something loose and let this thing go and then one day i just sat down i brewed a pot of coffee i threw in a lip chew and i said we're getting this goddamn turd out today and i remember in a 45 minute session of pushing on a recently operated on hernia which does not feel good because the lining of my body has been ripped and sewn back together so it hurt to flex those muscles but i pushed out after 45 minutes uh, uh basically like you know like a, what a king-sized fucking um tootsie roll looks like where it's like it's only like two inches but it's a real fat two inches of uh like the big tootsie roll I, that's what I got out, and it was the most relief I'd felt in two weeks. And uh, and then I just stopped doing opiates, and I was allowed to shit again. And uh, that's why I don't do those anymore. What was what was the weight of uh, of uh, Elvis's dump that he tried to dump out? It was like forty pounds that he had, he had uh, what sitting in his body. He had and that's 40... why he chewed his tongue off. He had forty pounds of shit in his body. Yeah, when he was trying to take a shit and, and died on the toilet. <laughs> I did not know this. This yeah, I good times. That they did not go over that in Bubba Hotep, and that's the only thing that I know is the research I do for this show. It's so weird that you guys used to be like Ashley. You're gross for having diarrhea. You know what? <laughs> I think you're the gross ones hoarding your shit to yourself, keeping it inside. Now, uh, you know what? I you guys are not allowed to. Well, not that you've ever called me this, Jeremy, but you guys. Eric are not allowed to call me rashly anymore or trashly. No, you're the sicko. I've me. always I've always been a firm believer in gashly. That's the only one I've ever called you. So thank you very much. By the way, I know what I know the sing I know the bassist from the game band Gash. Oh, thank you. So uh <laughs> Seth and uh, Seth and um, and Richie take the hostages back as the sheriff leaves the bathroom, and immediately after he's talking to him and saying you shouldn't eat a salad, and then orders a a, a thing of scotch from behind the fucking barkeep. Fucking for early retirement. Shit, shit. Oh, <laughs> Richie puts a bullet in him. What the fuck is that about? He signaled the ranger. I did it. You gotta believe me, I did it! When they were talking, he mouthed the words, help us. You fucking liar! I didn't say Would you shut the hell up? <laughs> you stop it! What the fuck is your problem? God damn it!
all shit breaks loose because Quentin Tarantino's character is a fucking nut bar. He shoots both of them. Uh, the other fella, though, from behind the bar, uh, from behind the counter, picks up a gun and starts firing at him. And they kill him very, very creatively, though, by shooting at all the bottles and then just throwing a lit uh, thing of toilet paper over which i'd never really seen done in a movie because you always see these bar fights where there's lots of shooting of like glasses and stuff like that and you never get to see them just light it on fire like that um did they do that in desperado which was his other movie because i feel like there's a similar bar fight scene with cheech marin in that right i think you're thinking of indiana jones and the and uh the temple of doom Okay, true that, true that. But they uh, they leave and then it immediately hits the intro music. Uh, pretty strong opening scene to from dusk till dawn. Um, next, uh, they head to a local motel called the Dew Drop, and uh, they take their hostage that's been just sitting inside the trunk the entire time. Uh, they tell them that their plans are to hop the border with some help from some illegal friends, and it'll just cost them 30%. Seth gives uh, the hostage the rules to live, but uh, Richie is maybe not on the same page as them. He leaves them alone for the night, and he tells her to hop up on the bed, take off her shoes because he needs to see those sweet footsies. Uh, This is our first foot reference of the film from this plus-size woman, which is weird because he's sitting in the middle of the bed with his shoes on, um... I don't know. It's very uncomfortable because, listen, nobody looks at Quentin Tarantino and says, this guy looks like he's got his shit together. That's fair. But I do find these types of films funny because, listeners, if you don't already know, Eric does not like feet at all, which only makes this funnier to me. No, I find it really. This really reminds me of that song from uh, the, the movie Dirty Dancing. Which is a really big hit back in the day with the song called uh, Rapey Eyes. Rapey Eyes. I can feel the rape in your eyes now. <laughs> oh. So uh, while that happens and he leaves the two of them alone to go secure their plans moving forward, we meet the Fuller family, played by Harvey Keitel, who plays Jacob, Juliette Lewis, who plays Kate, and Ernest Liu, who plays Scott, uh, who really has no other film credits except behind the camera, apart from this movie right here. And after seeing his acting performance, I understand why. Um, He's a... He is a pastor, though. Harvey Keitel's character is a pastor who's struggling with his faith faith because he's lost his wife. And there is... is... Oh, sorry. Which is just super funny because of how many times he's played the devil. (laughs) That is true. Oh, man. Especially uh, in Little Nicky. Next, we get to see a news report talking about the evil Gecko Brothers. This bloody crime spree started just a week ago today. The oldest of the two brothers, Seth Gecko, was serving time in Rawlings, Kansas State Penitentiary for his part in the 1988 Scott City bank robbery in which two law enforcement officers lost their lives. It was while at the courthouse that this man, his younger brother, Richard Gecko, a known armed robber and sex offender, pulled off a daring daylight escape, resulting in the death of four Wichita law enforcement.
enforcement officers, and this woman, Heidi Vogel, sixth grade teacher who was run over by the geckos during a high-speed pursuit through downtown Wichita. And earlier today, during a daylight liquor store robbery in Big Springs, the gecko brothers killed another Texas Ranger, Earl McGraw, and liquor store clerk Pete Bottoms. That changes the death toll to 16. Five Texas Rangers, eight police officers, three civilians, and one hostage, bank teller and mother of four, Gloria Hill. For the time being, and here you get to hear, see Michael Saxton, who doesn't show up in the movie at all after this point as they set up this giant FBI uh, police chase that's after him. You get to hear uh, John Saxton talk about following down this. We'll apprehend these fugitives within the next 48 hours. The Bureau, local law enforcement, and the Texas Rangers have all joined in forming a dragnet to snare Seth and Richard Gecko. Is it safe to assume that because of the death count involved and the loss of life of law enforcement officers, that the Bureau, the Rangers, and the police force are taking this manhunt personally? I would say that's a very safe assumption. Now, this is an interesting scene. Um, if for no other reason that uh, the, the news reporter right here is played by Kelly Preston, who was, at the time was the wife of John Travolta, uh, Kelly Preston and John Saxton would uh, actually not show up in the movie at all after this, but in 2020 would die months apart from each other in the same year. So very, very... Uh, very, very sad to see those two lives linked together. And Kelly Preston was actually cast in this movie to hopefully get uh, John Travolta on board. They actually, he was an original uh, thought to basically be George Clooney's character in this movie, but he decided he just wanted to uh, focus on the on the um, uh, promotion of Pulp Fiction, which he thought was going to be a big breakout for him, which he was correct, uh, and it helped revitalize his weird Scientology career. <laughs> I'm really upset that um, that they haven't had any good uh, Gecko Brothers commercials for Geico. That's you know, exactly like, what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, at Geico, when you're not thinking about like raping women or like shooting vampires south of the border because of your crimes... It's a good place to get car insurance. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. They definitely I'll say they definitely aren't progressive. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, flow, go, flow. So they uh Seth comes back after uh, uh meeting with some of the folks that are helping get over the border. Uh but as soon as he comes back, uh they're he sees what Richie has done to their hostage. This is not me. I am a professional fucking thief. I don't kill people that I don't have to, and I don't fucking rape women. What you are doing, what you are fucking doing, what you are doing is not how it's done. Do you understand that? Do you just say fucking yes? Say yes, Seth, I understand. Yes, Seth, I understand. Say, I understand. say yes, Seth, I fucking understand. Ooh, very intense moment. I just remember watching this movie. I was like, this is an intense-ass drama. There's no way this will be a vampire movie coming up at any point <laughs> in this film. It's a movie about brothers and how one of them is completely unhinged. <laughs> it really speaks to me. It really speaks yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I get that. I, uh, I can't uh, see it. 
<laughs> but now that they have nobody as a hostage, they need to get some more. And as the Fullers check into this very same motel, they immediately have to abduct them instead. Seth is already having fun delusions about Kate as he looks into her sweet eyes and she says this in his own head back to him. Richie, would you do me a favor and eat my pussy for me, please? Uh, sure. Richie, hey. I hate when that happens. When I just look at a girl and she, and in my imagination, says, will you eat my pussy right now for me, please? So, very uh, very unsettling, you know, to say the least. Does this happen to you a lot, Ashley? What happens to me a lot? Men wanting to eat my pussy or me being unsettled? <laughs> take, your, take your pick. <laughs> I wish more men... Would eat pussy, but also a lot of men who offer to eat pussy are fucking terrible at it. <laughs> like sometimes it's so bad. I'm like, I would rather you just finger me. I uh, it's just so bad. I've seen you lick ice cream cones, motherfucker. You can lick a pussy. <laughs> I I ate that icy in confidence in front of you, okay? Um, Anyway, so uh, next uh, we see foot thing number two, which is where uh, Richie is staring at uh, Juliet's uh, um, feet. I'm sorry, I said Juliet, even though it's Juliet Lewis's feet who plays Kate. Julia. Julia. Do you mean there's like three different fetish things in this movie that yeah. I didn't even notice? There is three. This is the second one. As he's fantasizing, he's looking at uh, sweet Kate's feet after she he pretends to hear her say, eat my pussy, and then uh, looks at her feet like, yeah, those are nice feet. I kind of I kind of like those. Um so uh but as they're as they've taken their camper to cross the border you'll see uh Cheech Marin is playing one of uh, th- uh the three characters he plays in this movie which is the customs agent and if you look his uh the name badge says Oscar Martin and that is actually the name of Cheech's real life father an LAPD officer so there Must you go be so proud that is it right there. So Scott tells you to have your your son be the biggest like uh, stoner. Um, yeah. What's the word? Uh, stoner icon of the entire seventies and eighties. <laughs> well, you know what? It's crazy how that happens. My father is a well-known man in the telecommunications industry, and I sell dudes pussy pics online. So it all comes around. (laughs) So they go to check everything out. And, uh, of course, as they're in there, he calls calls his brother, he calls Quentin Tarantino a nut job. And they start having an argument, which prompts the outside people to go check in there as he and the daughter, uh, basically both of our criminals and the daughter are hiding in the small RV bathroom. So he eventually knocks Richie out. And uh, when they when they come in to check, it's just her sitting on the toilet pissing. He's like, "Do you fucking mind? Go ahead, Ashley." I was just gonna say, um, for those of you if you haven't watched the movie yet, you can also watch this clip. Uh, you can DM Eric for the lost quality time episode uh, before I ever <laughs> joined the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So um, they get across the border, which is very exciting. Now, I did uh, – there's no real good way to introduce this, but also I'll be honest with you. I, I need to use the bathroom really quick. So um, I'm going to play with you – play you guys this little ditty I came up with. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is my little From Dust Till Dawn song. And then uh, when we come back, uh, the rest of the movie breakdown. Well, you know it gets around in a small, small town. Couple brothers who were making a mess. And I guess it was right when we went out that night and robbed that dang old bank. Now we're on the run and it ain't that fun, especially when it keeps murdering people. I said I'd be late, want him not to rape. But he didn't listen a bit From dusk to dawn You know I gotta move on Cause when the morning comes We'll be free as a bird again And now he's kidnapping his family Don't you see that it's me and my psychopath Well, the bar was real nice when we made that nice. The man that played the bouncer think twice. But we got in somehow, and then luckily our pal had a trucker license on him. Then this hot chick with demonic ass feet started sipping tequila down. Stuck a big toe in my mouth, and I sucked it right out. Then the fellas started again From dusk to dawn You know I gotta move on Cause when the morning comes we'll be As free as a bird again And now we got a shit ton of vampires in this place Oh my god, why is that guy's face getting There's a third verse, but I'm already done peeing now, so I'm back. <laughs> the joy of having a bathroom in your basement, am I right? Ooh, I ran, and I didn't realize I, I there was a strong stream that came out of me. I don't think that song sounds anything like the song Independence Day, which maybe was <laughs> its inspiration. <laughs> Let freedom ring! <laughs> Let the whole world know that day. I'm it's gonna day rape all these people. <laughs> Let the feet be long. Ah, uh, yeah, good times, good times. So they're across the border. Everything seems to be going hunky dory, and uh, uh, Seth lets everybody know they're cool in his book. I know that I put you all through hell, and I know that I have been one rough pecker. From here on out, you guys are all in my cool book. Now, Scotty, I want you to help me with Richie. We're going to lay him down on the couch over there. Jacob, 
You're going to keep driving down this street until you come to another street called the Gallo. When you get to the Gallo, you're going to turn this big bastard left. You're going to go down a couple of miles until you see a bar called the Titty Twister. From what I understand, you cannot miss it. The Titty Twister. I'm very excited to, to get there. but Because as they show up, we get to see Cheech Marin... Uh, taking up his second role as any guesses to what his name is in this movie? Does anyone know? Um, the pussy guy. The pussy guy. Very good. Very good call. Uh, Coochie Carnage. So besides, wait, besides the pussy dude, he's at the very end of the movie. Yes, he is at the very end of the movie, and he's a different character there as well. But do you know what this character's name is? Chet Pussy. It is Chet Pussy, as a matter of fact. It is, it is Chet. Chet. Chet Pussy is this guy's name. And uh, he gives this very, very famous monologue here, which, honestly, this was almost performed by the great Eric Estrada instead of Cheech Marin. But uh, I'm glad Cheech got the role. Although... And Eric Estrada, I still feel, would have crushed this and made me laugh a lot. But here is his famous line as the announcer in front of the titty twister. All right, pussy, 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 come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the titty twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our best selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, nalga high pussy. We even got horse pussy, dog pussy. Chicken pussy, come on, you want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy lovers. Attention, pussy shoppers. Take advantage of our penny pussy sale. If you buy one piece of pussy at the regular price, you get another piece of pussy of equal or lesser value for only a penny. Try and be pussy for a penny. If you can find cheaper pussy anywhere, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could find cheaper pussy anywhere, fuck it. I, I have to say, my feelings are a little bit hurt because I feel like I don't feel seen because he didn't even mention depressed suicidal pussy. Yeah, I know. It's leaving out a whole goth community, if we're being honest with you. There's a whole generation of Marilyn Manson fans that are missing out on the pussy sale. The best pussy is the pussy right before it commits suicide. <laughs> Uh yeah, that is that is true. That which is usually true. happens after you've been with Marilyn Manson. Anywho, he is a monster. He is a total monster. We don't like him or his music. I personally never liked him. Saw him in Ozfest was the worst live performance I'd ever seen, and uh, watched him get buried by Slayer before that, which really was the 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 fucking uh, chef's kiss because it was billed as Ozzy Osbourne and then Marilyn Manson featuring, and then Slayer went on before him and tore the fucking roof off the place and buried his dumb ass as he came out there and he sucked so and you know what i didn't like him in the wonder years as paul pfeiffer either so fuck him um that's <laughs> 
great, great joke, Eric. Did you like that? <laughs> that was always the thing. There was two. There was two rumors about Marilyn Manson growing up. One that he was actually Paul Pfeiffer, which is not true. Paul Pfeiffer is not Marilyn Manson in actuality. That is correct. And the second one is that he removed a rib for so he could suck his own dick. His own dick. And uh, I just like. I always think that's very funny because, listen, as a guy, we've all tried it. And I got to be honest with you, I never thought, I was like, man, if I just didn't have this one rib, I'd finally be able to reach it. (laughs) Yeah, for most minutes, I'm like, I don't need to lose my gut. I just need to lose a rib. (laughs) The the closest I could get was about right, right here, where it was about like four inches away, and I could just go... You could pee it in your mouth. And plus, I was like, I was always sure it would be more like sucking a dick than it was like getting head. So, you know, it's, but you got to try. You experiment with things, you know? <laughs> like, if you could eat your own pussy, would you do it, Ashley? No, Eric. Do you know that eating too much seafood will give you mercury poisoning? <laughs> I'd just like to watch Jeremy try to do it once because I really find that would be the most common. Him just going, and just I didn't know what you meant, and I thought you meant like I wanted to see him try to eat your pussy just (laughs) once. I was like, this is this is weird. I'm talking about Jeremy trying to suck his own dick as you just hear bones crack, like he's like like it's putting fucking uh, chicken bones in a garbage disposal as he's just trying to reach it. I believe in you, Jeremy. I believe with enough force you can suck your own dick. (laughs) There are those there are those wasted hours where I just hang out at the local um, you know, truck stop and I just have my penis through the glory hole and nothing ever happens. I just feel so lonely. You're just you're not even glory hole worthy, Jeremy. That's ridiculous. I don't like it. Well, it's like I hear somebody coming to the next stall, so I put my penis through, but nothing ever happens. Oh, well. I just it, hear the laughter on the other side. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, it's because I know it's your penis and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So, uh that's that's Ashley got it. She's muted, but she. she got I don't it. like where this has <laughs> gone today. Is... It, we have gotten ridiculously dirty this episode. Uh, so I do. Then... I do heartily um, um, try to sell that movie with Denzel Washington and Matthew Broderick. Glory Hole. Glory so. Hole. Yes, that, a callback to a former episode that you did recently. We're gonna it's make best... it happen. It's the best movie about war and the Civil War and having sex through stalls. I do agree. Jeremy, with that. Jeremy, if you were a single man, I would emancipate your dick from your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I might lose a wife soon. <laughs> so hey, I- you're a Woodworth. Don't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> they they walk up to the uh to the bar and uh end up Seth ends up beating the shit out of Cheech Marin Chet Pussy right before our eyes and then uh Richie comes back is like hi nice to meet you let me kick you in your fucking solar plexus 10 times and uh i just find that very funny like how you are allowed into a very tough trucker bar after you beat the shit out of the help that doesn't nobody does that at all but you know we accept it for that but inside the fucking 
The bar looks really fun. It's just titties everywhere. It's actually designed off of the uh, the hideout from uh, Apocalypse Now that uh, is, um, uh, what's his name's hideout? Uh, what is Marlon Brando's main hideout in Apocalypse Now? That's what the, uh, the bar design was after. And when they pointed that out, I was like, you're right. It does kind of look like that. Very similar. So... So uh, as they all make their seats, they have a little uh, uh, they have a little encounter with the bartender who who is played by Danny Trejo. Doesn't want to serve them because they say it's only for bikers and truckers. And uh, Harvey Keitel steps up and helps them out by saying, "Well, if you look out there, that is a Class C motorhome, and you're going to need you need a special license to drive that." I am indeed a trucker. So I can drink here, and uh, which is a power move, something he didn't have to do, and I'm not sure why his intentions don't make sense to me, uh, being nice to these uh, murderers here. So does that oh, make sense, I mean, why he would do that? Like, what, it, he, has no, he has nothing to gain by helping them right here. Well, I, I, think, I think he's got the idea that if, if he continues to play along, he can guarantee his children's safety... Um, but he may also have the inclination that he doesn't know how much more dangerous the people at the bar could be. Um, so maybe that he kind of sees uh, these two idiots as his protection uh, if things go south. I think but that, yeah, I'm not sure either. I think that's weird because Danny Trejo looks like such a friendly person to meet. Like you could immediately see that's a loving, caring guy with a, a face that looks like it could murder you at the drop of a hat. That's a man that has tried eating my pussy and got his face burned off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting your fucking pussy eaten by a, a by a, like a braille book. You know what I mean? It's not. It, it can't feel good. His his face looks like it's fucking eighty grit sandpaper. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Does it not feel good to be licked by a cat? <laughs> They finally, though, sit down. They have shots, and Danny Trejo takes the stage to uh, introduce uh, sent, uh, Santanical Pandemonium uh, and the woman that would uh, be with me through my thoughts in my formative puberty years for the next two years to come, uh, Miss Salma Hayek. And now, for your viewing pleasure... The mistress of the macabre, the epitome of evil, the most sinister woman to ever dance on the face of this earth. Fight this! Lonely dog, bow your head. Kneel and worship at the feet of Santanico Pandemonium. And, uh, yeah, she saunters out and... God damn. Um, I don't know. Listen, this was, I think as a, until I was uh, uh, an adult, this was the hottest thing I'd ever seen as a 13-year-old boy in a film ever. Uh, I was just like, it felt like I shouldn't be watching. This is way too beautiful of a woman to see on screen right now. <laughs> um, okay. I guess some people didn't watch Legolas in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, Lord of the Rings wouldn't come out for another four years. Okay? I know I'm younger and hotter than you is what I'm getting at. <laughs> but I do remember watching this and I was like, that's fucking hot. And I hate feet. And then watched Quentin Tarantino suck alcohol off of her toes in this scene. And it was uh, 
pretty intense. Now, uh, one thing that happens, uh, a couple things about this scene. One, Salma Hayek did not want to do this movie at first because she has a huge phobia of snakes, and she knew she was going to have to come out after reading the uh, script with a giant Burmese python around her neck. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, knowing that she was terrified of snakes, said, it's cool, we got Madonna as our backup. She's actually vying for the role. That was a lie. But she wanted, because Madonna was still huge in like the mid-90s and the late 80s, that she was like, she had to go to therapy for two months to overcome her fear of snakes so that she took the role of, uh, of uh, Satanico in this film. Well, and another crazy fact is that it actually took her another two months of therapy to get over seeing the Weinstein snake. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, all that happens. And then um, the other thing about this is that uh, Robert Rodriguez, apparently in every movie where there's something dancing, there's never a choreographer for this. So this is all just her own dance moves that she came up with on the spot and uh this is a tactic that robert rodriguez has used in other films like uh planet terror and stuff like that he just says just feel the music and see what happens and then that ends up being the final take which is i think uh, it's a cool i like i like that kind of liberty that he would give to a uh to an actor or actress in that position it's, it's hard to direct an actress when she has like a gun as her leg that is true <laughs> So uh, while that's all happening, we get to uh, we encounter uh, right before that we encounter a sex machine who uh, uh, slings a beer away from Greg Nicotero, which is I I believe the only time Greg Nicotero and uh, uh, Tom Savini have ever been on screen in the same shot together. God, and they look so young. I mean, Tom Savini always kind of looks like the same age to some degree. There's Mm -hmm. the facial hair and everything. But man, Greg Nicotero is so young. It's crazy. <laughs> so you know, you know, you know, Savini was just in the hospital for getting hit by a car. Yeah. Oh, and really? um, or something else I forgot. Oh, oh, oh! When I met Savini for the first time, which is almost twenty years ago, he did uh, bring Sex Machine with him to the show. So it's sitting on the table. The actual you know, dick gun that he wore in the thing. And of course there were like other gals at the table wanted to talk to him too. And of course I, I didn't think it was like a real dick move at the time, but people are always asking him like, you know, can you, uh, can you put on sex machine? And of course I being the dick at the time is like, yeah, can you also make it move? Like it's a real penis and everything. And you could tell he was totally turned off. Like, like, like uh, this is, that's an, that's an asshole thing to ask. And I was like, I was just trying to be funny. I didn't ask you to really do it, you know. I mean, (laughs) but now really do it. (laughs) That is a great cod piece. I have to say, it is rather phenomenal. I will, and we'll get more into that dick gun. It's funny. Uh, I'll 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 pose this question to you: True or false? Is this the first movie where the dick gun is shown? False. That is correct. That is correct. Do you know the movie it was first seen in? I should, but no, I can't off the top of my head. Oh. Uh, 
Well, there's two things about the dick gun. One, this isn't the first time that prop was shown. It was actually in uh, Desperado, which was 1995, Robert Rodriguez's first film. If When he opens the gun case, you can see it within there. The dick gun is inside briefly where you see it there. Um, and which is Tom Savini made this prosthetic uh, dick gun. And there's been much debate of whether it can be used as an actual gun. Now, many people say that it's ridiculous. You can't just shoot a 45 caliber gun against your dick it'll just it'll hit you in the balls it'll hurt too much but tom savini has put up a great argument for this he says listen i was in vietnam and i used to shoot an m16 against my chin and against my dick and that was fine so the fact that you think that i can't shoot my dick gun off is ridiculous also you don't know that there's not like a protective casing around it with like a pad or something as a shock absorber for the rounds jeremy what say you mr gun advocate um this is like the darkest times of all and i hate to get political but Apparently, this is the biggest thing on Biden's list is um, banning dick guns. No! Oh. Damn you, Joe! You <laughs> bastard! The Second Amendment right not only protects my body, but it protects my dick gun. Uh <laughs> You're not wrong. I am super, I am super fearful of getting shot twice. Once with your dick gun and once with your goo cannon. <laughs> You had me at goo cannon. So I don't. I don't want to. Like, want... It's like more like goo pea shooter. So. Uh... <laughs> And we do see our third foot thing that happens, obviously, where she drinks down. Uh, he She pours tequila down her toe into Quentin Tarantino's foot, which had to just been Robert Rodriguez's gift to Quentin Tarantino being an actor in this movie. Like, there's never... I, I, I just imagine him... He's like, okay, there's a really good shot. He just stands up with a full heart on as he, as he walks out of the room. He's like, very good. Uh, go see Har me and Harvey in the back. Uh, I was going to say, I wonder how much therapy she needed to perform that scene, just like sobbing in the doctor's office. And you're like, he sucked my toes. <laughs> <laughs> but as the, the dance finishes and everything, uh, everything is settling down, the band is queuing up their next song. Uh, Chet Pussy returns with a gang of guys to go confront Seth and Richie. This piece of shit here, man, broke my finger and my nose. And this faggot kicked me in the ribs while I was down. Fuck off, monkey man. Richie ends up getting stabbed through his hand that he was already shot through. Uh, pandemonium breaks out as they just start shooting the guys that tried to fuck him up. Uh, but as the guys slowly came to their, come to their feet, they see the blood leaking out of Richie's hand, and they seem to be hypnotized by all this blood that they're seeing. Um, the staff begins to laugh and lick their lips at the sight of it as they blow away Chet Pussy, but... Uh, uh, all of a sudden, shit gets real, and everybody turns into a fucking vampire at the staff. Oh, absolute hell breaks loose. Uh, the band is now playing meat instruments as this is happening, which I think is the I greatest that. touch to all of this. So Just like... Uh, 
Chet Pussy ends up getting killed by uh, Kate throwing a, her crucifix into his open mouth as she uh, he, he bites it and like his eyeballs explode a la scanners right before our eyes. Uh, Frost, which will uh, we ha- got briefly introduced earlier in the movie, um, played by uh, Fred Williamson, which is, this is probably uh, one of the big booms of Fred Williamson's career. He was just out in, he stars in Jackie Brown like the following year from this and was in Original Gangsters this same year. Uh, he plays Frost, uh, whose name is never uttered in this movie, uh, but he ends up, uh, uh, impaling four of the vampires on a table that he flips over. Pretty epic thing. We see uh, Sex Machine get to use his dick gun and fight Danny Trejo with a whip. And uh, eventually we get to see Seth and um, Sweet Salma Hayek, Santanico Pandemonium, go at it as she has his foot placed on his chest looking down at him. And at him. my command, you lick the dog shit from my boot heel. Since you'll be my dog, your new name will be Spot. Welcome to slavery. No thanks. I already had a wife. Oh, and he shoots the chandelier above her head and it crashes down upon her, ending Salma Hayek's brief role in the film. Uh, so it just absolute uh, fucking madness. Uh, we also see the uh, the giant guy who got into it with Seth earlier get his heart ripped out by Frost. And uh, as after that, they beat the shit out of him on the ground, but he's still alive. And then uh, Sex Machine comes over, played by uh, uh, Sweet Tom Savini, and just pokes a pencil into the heart, and it finally kills him, which is a very, very fun scene. Give us uh, your take on the mayhem that went down right here, Coochie Karn. I generally like I don't know I like all of it I like the blood I like fight fight scenes in movies um like I said I absolutely loved what <laughs> I just I I like fight scenes in movies no I do because movie. no you know I like boxing I like fighting I like people not getting along um it's it's something that I thoroughly enjoy but yeah I, I did like, I, I know every- you like fighting because uh, yesterday I sent you a video Jeremy you'll appreciate this I sent her the video link to show her uh Hearns versus Hagler from the 70s and uh she thought I mean what did you think of Tommy Hearns and Marvin Marvelous Marvin Hagler going at it for three rounds of absolute rocky mayhem it was phenomenal i love a good punch to the head i love a good punch to the body i like i like violence i like (laughs) to see people be at odds with one another is why i will send conflicting information to laugh finders uh group and just see them start fighting with each other that is true uh no she does this all the time yeah, I, I really do. I'll be like, oh my God, like Tommy, Eric's being such a dick. Then I'm like, Eric, Tommy's being a dick. I just watch them go at it. No, um, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. I only do that to women in the comedy community. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I like, I like, uh, I like the chaos. I like, I enjoy a good, a good fight scene. So I enjoy like the throat slitting and I like the punches and setting people on fire and people exploding into goo. I thoroughly enjoy it. Eric also only put me on the spot because he knows I was staring at my phone. Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just going, Jeremy, what did you think about the giant uh, pandemonium here at the beginning of act two? 
I hate you, Jeremy. I hate you, Jeremy. Okay, so uh, <laughs> after all of this goes down, they I'm have not a even little, looking at my phone. They have a little lull, and four more stripper vamps show up, and uh, they are of all shapes and sizes. I like that there's like a hot one, another one, and then just a full-on uh, sweet Henrietta vampire fully nude before them. Uh, Henrietta, what? Henrietta is like the Henrietta demon from Evil Dead. From one Evil Two, yeah, Evil oh, Dead Two. No, actually, just like, part two. Yeah, but you mean like the big kind of ugly? Yeah, yeah, like not hot big Bertha type. Huge, undead. huge fupa, huge fat up puss. There's a you great know? big fat person. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I feel attacked. Do you want me to quit the show today? No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But after they end up. <laughs> After they kill most of the vampires, uh, there's this like brief little lull where uh, this happens. Are they supposed to burn up or something? They immediately all catch on fire right after that, and uh, they uh, they say, "Let's go kill the band," and then the band just decides to explode themselves. Which is like, "Good night, everybody." <laughs> which is such a pussy move that they're like, we're not even going to stay and fight. We're just going to glitter bomb our ways out of here. That's a real, uh, they call that the Kurt Cobain in the industry. Uh. Which, which, by the way, I, I really wish that somebody would take like uh, one of those face face uh, snatcher uh, apps and replace uh, Buffalo Bill's face with David Letterman's. So every scene in, in uh, Silence's Lambs is like, oh, are you about a size 14? Because Buffalo Bill does sound like David Letterman. I okay, all right. I'll go with it. Uh, uh, oh wait, was she a great big fat person? Uh, I'm gonna go talk to, to, to Paul from the band. Uh, okay, yeah. But there's no. I would, there's I no, would love. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say I would love to see Buffalo Bill host stupid human tricks. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, with uh, with his with, no, I was thinking of stupid pet tricks. Anyway. We're falling apart. <laughs> we're like two hours into this episode, and we're not even halfway through the movie. <laughs> we don't even have a guest. We're just doing this to ourselves. My favorite show is uh, Buffalo Bill's Tuck It. Yes. <laughs> But uh, there's no time to mourn as outside there is a swarm of bats surrounding the titty twister, a horde ready to come and break in. Um, Kate gets attacked by an amputee vampire while this is all happening, and Sex Machine comes and stakes him through the heart. Uh, They dispose of the rest of the new ones before they can wake up, except Sex Machine gets bit in all of this process. Uh, they decide to, uh, I also, they, it's also, um, worth mentioning that, uh, Seth has to kill Richie because Richie's, he looks down at Richie and then this happens. Oh gosh, he wakes up and he's a terrible vampire and he makes him hold him down and he kills him and blah, blah, blah. But this is how I imagine our last episode of quality times. This is exactly (laughs) that. It's Jeremy's dead body. Just one giant fucking sore away from just being a like a fucking anthill, and he uh, he wakes up and murders both of us. Yeah, and uh, I I don't want to ruin the end of the movie, but <laughs> that also mirrors quality time. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> pussy. Yes. They. <laughs> 
they regroup and uh, they learn about some of the rules of the vampires. Does anybody know what's going on here? I know what's going on. We got a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it. Plain and simple. And I don't want to hear anything about I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires. But I believe in my own two eyes. And what I saw is fucking vampires. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? Yes. You too, preacher? I don't believe in vampires, but I believe in what I saw. Good for you. All right, now that we all agree that we're dealing with vampires, what do we know about vampires? Crosses hurt vampires. Do we have a cross? In the motor home. In other words, no. Wait a second. I mean, just look around. We got crosses all over the place. All you got to do is put two sticks together. You got a cross. Yeah, he's right. Peter Cushing does that all the time. Okay, I'll buy that. So we got crosses covered. What else? Wooden stakes in the hard been working pretty good so far. And garlic. They also mention that uh, Sex Machine mentions that their bodies are really soft, that you can just, like, push it right through them, and uh, you could just, like, rip their head off with a whip, whatever you want to do. And uh, But they say they also could use somebody who is a holy man, and uh, he Seth looks over to their very own preacher, who has lost his faith, and asks him, are you going to be the guy we need you to be? Are you a faithless preacher? Are you a mean motherfucking servant of God? I'm a mean servant of God. Oh, I like that he still won't curse. That he's uh he's given up God, but he's like, I refuse to curse still. He's the complete opposite of us with the N word. <laughs> on the black guy in the movie says i'm gonna need you to say the n-word for this situation like oh, i don't know if i can do that <laughs> i like i like that he has to convince harvey keitel to curse though that, that that's probably this was probably harvey keitel's biggest role he's just like you just can't say the f-word right now he's like okay i'm just i don't even know <laughs> I don't even it's know like how to me do at this children's point. parties when they're like, you can't talk about your pussy. And I'm like, oh no. It's every time I'm in those situations, I'm like Roger Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when they start knocking on the door. They're like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> bust through. And I'm like, hey, it's a pussy. So, uh, as uh, as they're going over that, Frost then breaks into a fun story about Vietnam as he's telling this macabre tale. Shoutouts, Justin Schlegel. Sex machine all of a sudden turns on the dot and just fucking... Oh, God! Fucking bites him in his neck. And shit gets wild. Uh... All of a, Frost eventually uh, regains his consciousness while this is all happening and gets to his feet and uh, challenges Sex Machine to a one-on-one duel. I don't know why I love that sound effect so much. Fucking piss me! Can't stop. do it, So they start grappling, and Frost eventually takes Sex Machine and throws him through a boarded-up window, which was a bad call because it lets in just 
all of the fucking bats into the place. And the horde all is in. All of them have to make a run for it. But while they're making a run for it, uh, Tom Savini's character, Sex Machine, is already taking a chunk out of Harvey Keitel's Jacob. And now Jacob is behind the bar, doomed to turn into one of the undead. Uh, but luckily, as they all make their way back to a uh, to a locked room at the back of the titty twister, uh, Harvey Keitel's character finds a shotgun underneath the bar, crosses it. It with a bat making his own cross to hold off the horde of demons which is a, I love the fucking scene where he just gets up and he's holding the cross like this and then one of them gets fucking wild he goes boom like that with oh god it's such a great use of a prop uh, it, that's how we used to do baptisms at my old church <laughs> they just shoot you with holy water and he's like who wants some who's next <laughs> it's so fun when it's with like a super soaker. So <laughs> now, uh, they called the holy soup super soaker. The holy super soaker. Now, can I can I can I make a, a, a notice about how all these vampires have really big hair lips? Oh no, do they? Is that a, is that a thing? And I, and I learned that that hair lip is 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 a really um on uh on PC word because it's actually named after rabbits that have hair lips because like rabbits have the little part, but also I'm glad that they don't call them vampire lips. Yeah. That makes sense. Have like, have have the same kind of cleft palate as well. Well, it's funny you mentioned that all of them look like they have a cleft palate, Jeremy, because definitely Frost does when he turns and he like leads all the bats in and he looks all fucking jack. Uh, he has looks like he has a bit of a cleft palate, uh, but. The budget for this movie uh, actually only allowed them to have six full makeup uh, vampires. So everything that you see killed in this scene that looks like, which, by the way, has a body count of 128, it was actually only six different vampire suits that they were using the entire uh, filming of this movie. So uh, I understand why you would say that, because if if two out of three or four out of the or four out of the six had that, then yeah, it would look fucking ridiculous. Like if two thirds so, all had uh, a hair lip. So <laughs> I burped off. Of, I burped off a mic, and it wasn't enough, and it just still came through. And that's part of the show. It didn't I come through, care. but we knew what you were doing because we barely heard it. Ashley, it's what was your okay. comment? I'm sorry. <laughs> what I was gonna say is so really what this movie is teaching us that people who look different than us and sound different than us. Are from the devil. Yes. If anything, that's exactly what the Burbs taught us last week. Your first impression Absolutely. is the correct one. Don't ever think any way any way else. This this movie teaches us that you should demonize the disabled. All all Germans are evil and are pretty much Hitler. There's no difference whatsoever. <laughs> you know, and and they if they kind of look like children of the corn too. That is so. true. That is so so true, brother. What was I saying? Let's let's talk about the greatest actor of our day, hair lip Jao Quinn Phoenix. So, mm. otherwise known as our latest Joker. So, 
I like I like a Jaquin Phoenix. So Jaquin. Uh, speak going from Jaquin to Jacob, uh, played by Harvey Keitel. We're thrown back into the action. Jacob makes his way back to the uh, back room, and uh, he tries to rally the troops a bit for this final encounter with the vampires outside of the door. You're gonna be okay, aren't you? No, I'm not. I've been bit. In effect, I'm already dead. Now, I'd say in the next 20, 30 minutes, our friends outside will bust in this door, and I'll probably turn to vampire within the hour. Now, you have two choices. You can wait for me to turn, then deal with me. Or we can kick open that door, and the four of us can go at him, hit him with everything we have. But if we're going to go at him, we got to go at him now. What's this stuff? My guess is this little dive has been feeding on bikers and truckers for a long time. As they look around, there's an entire fucking uh, arsenal around them in the back, which is always helpful in a giant stand-your-night, survive-the-night situation, is find the arsenal in the building that they've just been collecting from all the truck drivers and miscreants that they've had up to this point. They have everything from uh, a crossbow for Sweet Juliet Lewis to uh, uh, a fucking super soaker that uh, Sweet Harvey Keitel blesses with holy water, condom bolt grenades filled with holy water, and on top of that, a fucking jackhammer that they modify with a wooden stake at the end, so it's a reusable stake to use on all these fucking undead fucks. And I just love this kind of a scene. I love the armory scene. It happens in a bunch of movies. It happens in like movie uh, like the Boondock Saints, and uh, and this film is another example of it. I love when they finally get to a room filled with guns, or or the Matrix even. He's like, guns. We need more guns. I love a good armament preparation scene and this does that to a t the the part of this scene where george clooney's character picks up that jackhammer and uses a wooden stake in it um that is kind of like every sexual experience i've ever (laughs) guys stop doing it it doesn't feel good (laughs) so uh he does, uh, as they're about to go and open up the uh, door to the horde of the undead waiting on the other side, Jacob asks his uh, kids to swear that they'll kill him when he turns. Then I want you to swear to God that you'll kill me. If you don't, I'm going to just kill myself right now. Now, since you need me, I think you better swear. Kate. Do you swear to God that when I become one of the undead, you'll kill me? Hey! We don't have much time, so I'm only giving you the count of five. One, two, three, four! Okay, all right, I promise I'll do it! Good girl. Now, Scott, we have even less time, so I'm giving you the count of three. One? You don't, you don't believe in suicide. It's not suicide, if you're already dead. Two! Okay. Okay. I'll kill you when you change. I swear to God, in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, sir. Okay, vampire killers. Kill some fucking vampires. 
And we didn't really touch on that, but that was uh, George Clooney's character's M.O. throughout this movie. It was, okay, blank, let's be some motherfucking blanks. And he does this multiple times in the film. Uh, All right, (laughs) this, let's be some motherfucking that. And uh, great, great role for George Clooney, who got paid a quarter of a million dollars to be in this movie. Um, Can we talk... Sorry, I was just going to say, he was so hot in this movie, and God, he's probably the best Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Can we we talk about the true vampire killers, which was like from 1967, starring Robin Polanski and his uh, uh, soon-to-be wife, uh, Sharon Tate, at the time? Yes, we can talk about that. Thankfully, she wasn't killed because some stuntman ended up killing all the Manson family before they ever made it to the... For the Folger residence, thanks oh, to New History. Oh, good. I haven't, I haven't seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I wish I had, though. I, I've heard great things about yeah, it. Yeah, one of the Manson family got killed by a flamethrower, so it's great. That's good. That's good. So yeah. as they make their way out into the horde of vampires... <laughs> Somebody hasn't seen a new Tarantino yeah, film. me neither. I haven't seen it either, but Jeremy spoiled it for anybody who's listening. I just spoiled it. So uh, next we see... Uh, then burst through the door. Tara, uh, uh, sweet George Clooney looks around and says this. Yeah! And uh, they go in just this fucking force-killing spree. Uh, sex machine goes and gets his head ripped off during this fight. And then turns into a giant fucking vampire rat, which is uh, pretty awesome. Jacob uh, then gets up to Frost and then shoves the fucking shotgun through him and a la bad taste. Shout out to one of our past episodes. Shoots people through the body of Frost before he dies. Um, But shortly after all that happens, Jacob changes he ends up biting his own son, and then uh, his son melts half of his face off with a condom holy water grenade, and then looks at his son uh, and does this. I swear to God in Jesus Christ's name. Oh, and explodes his father right before everybody's eyes. Uh, they end up shooting some holes in the wall now that... Uh, uh, fucking the son Scott gets bit up by like 15 vampires all at once and then uh, Kate has to come over and kill her brother and for some reason when she shoots him with one of the, the bullets that has a cross over it it explodes everything Cause... thank you <laughs> yeah I didn't understand that either because I was like okay he'll just die and whatever but everybody explodes I was like that's a bit extreme well I, I, I did this I think there's a magical part of the titty twister because because that is very close to the stage where also the band exploded, and that's just the magical exploding part of of the oh. of the of the titty twister. Where if you that... get in the slightest way injured, you just immediately explode. So... No, that actually kind of would make sense. But I, I did pause for a minute. And you're like, that's the magical thing about the twitty the titty twister. And I was like, there is nothing magical about getting a titty twister. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh man, yeah, titty twisters are not fun at all unless it's the maybe they just killed the one of the vampire <laughs> maybe they just killed one of the vampire less tats where all the other vampires die oh yeah that makes sense um so uh wait 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 because this is this movie it's probably the vampire less tit 
Yeah, brother. So <laughs> only Seth and Kate remain left. And uh, luckily, it's dawn by this time. But uh, some some beams of light from the bullet holes are letting uh, sunlight in through the place, keeping the horde away from them as they are like basically in the middle like it's a fucking laser grid right now. And uh, Kate says this. Seth. Should I save the last bullets for us? No. He's on the next fuck that tries to fight you. So they're fighting to the last end here, and they end up shooting the walls to let more white light in. Uh, finally, Seth's friend shows up, knocks on the door, and says, Open the doors! And as the light floods into the place filled with vampires... Oh, God! Starts exploding all of them as it hits the disco ball fucking up everything and they're able to escape and get out of the titty twister in the nick of time uh his friend is actually is also cheech marin who's making his third appearance in the film uh he 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 walks up to him and uh, asks him a very simple question all of the godforsaken shitholes in mexico do we have to meet here one place is just as good as another I've never been here before. No. I drove by it a couple times. It's a rowdy place. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There'll be no cops. And it's open from dusk till dawn. Hey, didn't you say you want to meet in the morning? Here we are. Well, take this place out of the hat. My brother is dead. That girl's entire fucking family is dead. What, were they psychos or? They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. Seth, how can I make it up to you? I can't make it up to me, Carlos. <laughs> I do like it. He says you can't make it up to me, but he negotiates a deal to instead of thirty percent, he gets it down to twenty percent of his fee, which is uh, it's a this very funny the- line. <laughs> This is a real conversation I've had with Eric. <laughs> I'm like, I won't forgive you. Can I have money? <laughs> so he uh, negotiates a better deal, uh, then hands a stack of money to Kate, who uh, asks if she can come with him. And he's just like, no, you're a fucking child, and I'm also not a child molester. Enjoy this giant stack of money. And uh, ends up fucking leaving them. All the godforsaken shitholes in Mexico, do we have to meet here? And uh, ends up ends up leaving her behind as uh, they just... Uh... Oops, nope, that's... He drives off, and uh, they pan out to sew uh, the back of the Titty Twister, which is actually built on the side of a mountain. It's a giant Aztec-type temple that's probably just filled to the brim with vampires that have been doing it since the dawn of time. So uh, I, I do love that shot. And that brings us to an end of From Dusk Till Dawn. Woo! Man, what a fun movie. I'm excited that we finally got to do it. This was actually a movie that we had to go back in our archives and and convince ourselves we hadn't done already. So thank you, Ash, for doing that for us. Uh, I like like to think that history is now rewritten, that not only are Inca temples built for... uh, 
predators to kill aliens that actually have an alien queen in them, but also feed vampires because that's why they sacrifice people on the on the temple to feed vampires. True that. True that, brother. Uh, anything else we got? We we got here, guys. I mean, all I learned is how important duct tape is to a bleeding area. I'm just going to start using it now during my menstrual cycle. Two for one. Stop the bleeding and clean up my snatch. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, yeah, uh, why doesn't Tampax sell duct tape? Great question. I have I mean, no that'll idea. certainly seal things up. Well, I'm just glad we made it to the end of another episode. Thank you for joining us once again. Um, you can fa- find all things Ashley Pontius at Ashley Pontius Laughs on the Twitter, the Facebook, whatever you want to look up. She's got some shows coming up. What's your next show, Ashley? Um, I will be at Java Nation April 29th, and then I will also be uh, performing at Stand Up Connecticut May 14th and 15th. So make sure you check all that shit out. You deserve to go see yourself some Ashley Pontius. You'll love it as much as I do. And, and at a non-John Yeager production. All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. All the links for the fucking site and all that bullshit are there. Jeremy, take us out! Hey, I really love scenes where I get to suck Selma Hayek's feet. I'm Quentin Tarantino. Well, you know it gets around in a small, small town. Couple brothers who were making a mess. And I guess it was right when we went out that night. Robbed that dang old bank Now we're on the run and it ain't that fun Especially when it keeps murdering people I said I'd be late, want him not to rape But he didn't listen a bit From dusk to dawn You know I gotta move on Well, the bar was real nice when we made that nice. The man did the bouncer think twice. But we got in somehow, and then luckily our pal had a trucker license on him. Then this hot chick with demonic ass feet started sipping tequila down. Stuck a big toe in my mouth, and I sucked it right out. Then the fellas started again From dusk to dawn You know I gotta move on Cause when the morning comes we'll be As free as a bird again And now we got a shit ton of vampires in this place Oh my god, why is that guy's face getting Fucking ripped off right now. Oh!
Well, now we're in trouble, there's only a few of us left. The place is swarming with tons of bats. And they're gonna break in anytime I know my friend. You better come up with a plan. Now we got this preacher, but his faith ain't good. He better straighten his shit out. But a friend's sex machine was hiding his little bite. And now he's about to fuck us all up. Oh, dust till dawn. You know we gotta move on. Yeah, it's a fight for a life, and you know we better win tonight. Oh yeah, and now our preacher is bit and we gotta kill him, but it's gotta be his family that does it instead of me. It's more dramatic here on the night. It's done.